Ladies and gentlemen. Good evening. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. You're listening to the Deal Room Podcast. Join us as we bring you the inside scoop on business sales and acquisitions. Get across trends in the area and hear the industry's best recount their real-life tips, traps, and experiences. Now, here's your host, Joanna Oki. Hi, it's Joanna Oki here and welcome back to the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. Now, today we have back on the show a guest that we've had here in the past, Nigel Hall from Bonza Business and Franchise Sales. Now, Nigel, in addition to being director of Bonza Business and Franchise Sales, is also a serial entrepreneur who has himself um, been involved in four exits and 22 transactions. He's an angel investor in multiple early stage biotech, nanotech and IT businesses and the perfect person to be talking to us right now on the current market trends. So in this episode, we dig into what's happening right now in business sales and acquisitions. We get an update on the industry. We get a bit of an update on trends that are happening at the moment. We talk a little bit about financing. um, And we also talk about approaches that buyers can use when they are dealing with financiers. So this episode has got a little bit for everyone in it. Um, So I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are too. Let's get started with Nigel. Nigel, I just wanted to say a massive thank you to you for coming onto the show today. Thank you for inviting me, Jones. Always a pleasure to see you. Oh, always a pleasure to see you, Nigel. Now, today we're talking about market trends. I know you guys really have your ear to the ground. I'm always um, interested in hearing a market trend update. I know our listeners are as well. So um, why don't you give us a bit of a synopsis of what you're seeing in the market at the moment? Yeah, so with the recent rate rises, we did expect uh, this quarter to be a little bit slower. However, what we've seen is a record number from volume and from value in transactions completed. And partly that is a carryover from the period November to January where people were very, very on the market. Uh, There has been a little bit of a slowdown, a little bit more caution from buyers, mainly because I think the banks, the big four banks, very want to to provide finance. Uh, however, we've been able to counter that to some extent by working with alternative finance providers and better preparing our clients for when they go to the bank. Because what we've found is if you go to the bank and just go and say, oh, I need to borrow money to buy a business, they're going to say, well, no, sorry. If you go to them and you've prepared what your asset register looks like, what the business cash flow looks like and have a projection of how you're going to repay that loan, then your chances of getting finance are much better because the bank at the end of the day does want to lend money, but they want it repaid. And if you can show them how you're going to repay it and how you're going to secure the money for them, that's going to help you get the finance. So we work with our clients, uh, buyers, actively on doing that to make sure that they are prepared. I mean, that's such a sensible approach because I've certainly seen in the market um, a lots lots of issues with financing generally, um, and of course, a deal can't. You, you you might have a very willing seller, a very willing buyer, but if the buyer 
hasn't got the cash and then can't get the cash, you've obviously got a massive problem with the deal. Um, so, so obviously it makes absolute sense that you have an approach that um, you use with your buyers in order to help them to understand what to do when they are applying for finance. What What are some of the things that you've, like, can you share some stories for us of, um, like, the horror stories when it's not done well versus what, what it looks like to do um, to, to apply for finance in the best possible way um, and, um, and and what you know buyers in that situation have done differently to those horror stories I, I think yeah, horror stories we see deals where two parties have negotiated the buyer thinks he's got finance because he's got a good relationship with his banks but he hasn't asked, actually asked them yet and because of the cash flow of the business he believes they'll lend against the business Whereas what we quite often find is the banks go, we don't lend against the business, we'll lend against your assets. And he goes, well, I'm not asset rich because I'm putting you know, maybe a million dollars into this business and I need to lend a million to be able to buy it. But then it's going to have four or 500,000 a year, which is going to enable him to repay it. So uh, they're the, the nightmare scenarios where both parties think everything's tracking and they think it's going to be easy to get the finance and they've just assumed they will. That's the nightmare. On the reverse side, uh, if, people are prepared to really look at what their asset base is and be sensible about what they're buying and look at what they can get and get a pre-approval. Uh, and we'd also suggest working with a good finance broker who's got access to alternative sources. That can save them a lot of pain and also give them a lot more options because there's not just the big four banks out there, there's multiple second tier banks and non-finance or non-bank sources for finance who do provide a transactional based finance that does enable deals to get done. And quite often, if you can do a deal where you can earn a good amount of money at it, but pay the loan back over five years, after five years, you've got an asset that's a saleable business that you've paid off. And that is also very attractive. And a lot of people seem to forget that in their return calculations, because even if they pay a four times multiple and they've repaid the business after five years, they're looking very, very good. Very good with this asset just sitting there, I know, right? Um, and that's the exciting thing about this space, Nigel. That's why I love this area. There's just so much opportunity um, in it for, for our buyers. Um, and one of the, the things, I, I guess, talking about that, um, the issue with buyers wanting 100% finance and then mixing it against market trends, I've seen this um, this sort of surge in the market in the last, really in the last six months, in the last 12 months, but particularly the last six months from um, these no money down buyers, um, which sometimes, you know, can happen. Sometimes you can have clever deal structuring. Um, sometimes uh, that can work. Sometimes you can get um, a heap of finance and make that work. But it's just, it's an interesting buyer market that I'm seeing in this no money down um, market at the moment where it, in my experience, 90% of them don't end up going anywhere because they have, you know, they've done a course somewhere and they have a completely unrealistic expectation of what they're actually going to be able to do in the market, which creates a whole lot of wasted time, you know, in in my perception and and in quite a few deals that I've seen with that sort of exposure. What's your what are you seeing in the market? What's your thoughts about all of this? First of all, the the zero 
money in buyer is not one of our favorites, obviously. Uh, and the reason for that is, you know, I've been working in startup space and business transactions for 30 odd years. And if someone hasn't managed to put enough aside to put a deposit on a business or to put money into a startup business, they probably haven't got the experience or the financial know-how to operate that business afterwards. So they're probably not doing the seller a favor by doing that type of transaction. They're not doing themselves a favor because they're setting themselves up for failure. Debt kills businesses. If it's if over leveraged, it will kill the business. So we're not a fan of that. Um, if they've got other assets and the bank is prepared to lend against that, then the seller can de-risk themselves by taking, you know, we'd always suggest at least 50%, if not 70% of the payment up front and have a structure in place where they do take vendor financing or vendor support, deferred payments, et cetera, on the remaining portion. However, from a vendor point of view, they also want to look at it as if they were a bank and say, how am I going to get repaid? So we'd work with the buyer and the seller to say, this is how the buyer intends to repay this. Let's make sure we structure the deal in such a way that they can see it is going to be repaid over a maximum period of two years with X amount of payment per quarter. And if it doesn't happen, this is the consequence. And that's really very important, I think, in vendor finance. It's not to enter into it lightly. It is riskier. However, in the US, about 50% of deals are done on vendor finance. It does mean that businesses get sold at a higher value because they're factoring that into the value of the business. However, most of that vendor financing gets paid off because if the person selling is confident in the performance of their business and they've checked the buy the way we check a buy to see whether they've got the skill set to run the business, whether they've got the right motivation and the right headspace and the skill set, then that vendor financing will pay out. Yeah, we're seeing an increased demand for vendor financing or deferred payments uh, or retentions, uh, all three different structures. Uh, and it is important that the, the vendor understands and the buyer understands that it is actually almost a loan in many cases, if it's true vendor financing. And that the, yeah, the approach has to be understand the risk you're taking, understand the buyer, understand their asset base and understand what the consequences are of non-repayment for both parties. Yeah, I totally agree. And look, you know, in our in um, our deal sizes of sort of that um, three, four million up, we see almost all deals will have, not all, but a, a really high percentage will have a deal structure component, a deferred payment component in some way, shape or form. And I do see this flowing through the whole market now. It's interesting that you talk about the US, you said 50% of de deals are done on vendor finance. Um, and, and I think it is, it, it certainly is a real opportunity. It's an opportunity, obviously, for sellers to, um, to reach a larger buyer pool, you know, if, if they're open to that sort of opportunity, I guess. And, but as you say, there's absolutely uh, a potential risk there. And it's about buyers understanding that there's this trade off as well. And for them to understand that if they're coming in with vendor finance as something that they're looking for, then they need to make sure, number one, that they can prove their ability to repay, um, you know, because that becomes a real concern for sellers, as it should be, you know, how do we make sure we've secured these future payments? But also to make sure it's clear that there's a bit of upside for the seller in um, taking on a bit of that risk. So it's, you know, it's about making sure our 
buyers come in understanding that this is, you know, a benefit to them and they need to work out how they're properly, you know, selling the benefit that they're going to provide to a seller. I think also, obviously, it's part of the risk management for a buyer because it does enable them to see the performance of the business going forward. And coming out of the COVID years where we've seen very unusual trading patterns, some businesses have suffered badly, particularly the Victorian businesses. Other businesses performed extremely well. A lot of Queensland, New South Wales construction side. Uh, and they've had above normal profitability. And now if they look to sell this year and they're coming out of that above normal, are they going to maintain it? And you can understand the buyers then looking at this and going, you've had two good years, but is that COVID driven? Let's have a look and let's put something in place that does give me that downside protection if the performance doesn't isn't maintained. And that is totally understandable. And I think it's totally reasonable as well. Yeah, yeah, I completely agree. Um, look, some really clever approaches there. Have we missed anything in market trends? Anything else you, you, you're seeing that you feel the need to call out? Um, I, th I think... You know, importantly, we do a lot of appraisals for businesses because we, we appraise most businesses before we take them to market. Uh, some people just want to go to market, but we appraise uh, free of charge as well. And we see a lot of businesses. And what we're seeing is that well-run businesses are still performing well. Uh, there hasn't been a dip in the market uh, from a business performance point of view. Businesses that are struggling at the moment were struggling prior to COVID. They may have done a lot better because they're again a lot of JobKeeper, uh, but they're struggling again now. So good businesses perform well generally in good markets, and the market isn't bad. The market isn't bad, and the, the sales market, our volumes are above where they've ever been. So very happy. It's fascinating, isn't it? Because there has been a lot of talk coming into 2023 about um, the the likelihood of a huge um, deluge of distressed businesses on the market. Just interesting to hear your um, your feedback here that actually that's not what you're seeing is a, this massive trend coming through at the moment. Um, but and maybe maybe it just won't be. You know maybe um, and and I guess the flip side as well is. I do see that there still is a bit of exhaustion in sellers. So it doesn't have to just be distressed businesses, but I guess out of the sort of last few years that we've had, I think there are a lot of business owners who are exhausted. So, you know, obviously say state to state. If yeah. you know, Queensland really didn't suffer much from COVID. Yes. And they've been and Queensland's been, you know, a great market. New South Wales suffered a little bit, but not as much as Victoria. Victoria, I think, is still a little bit in the doldrums. Yeah. And they you know, they had a tough time. They had two years of lockdowns. Most lockdown city in the world was Melbourne, so it's understandable that people are gonna you know, well, I just don't feel like I've got the energy to take another project on at the moment. Yeah. And as you say, completely understandable and fascinating that we have this really, you know, this large difference um, be between states, um, you know, and some being more buoyant and still the others like the Victorian market still feeling, um, f feeling the pull of those last couple of hard years. Um, well, look, Nigel, I just want to say a huge thank you for coming onto the show today. If our listeners are interested in um, maybe finding out how you guys can help with uh, selling a business, we have lots of accountants as well who are listening in if they uh, need assistance with their clients. How do they go about getting in contact with your team? Well, obviously, our website, 
uh, is the first one which you'll put in the links. One three hundred two six six nine two two, and we pick the phone up you know, in normal working hours, and we'll always call you back if you can't get hold of us. Or go onto our website and book a, a call, or send us an SMS off our website. Absolutely brilliant. Well, look, wonderful. Thanks, Nigel. Of course, we'll put all of those links into our show notes. So if you are running along the beach or in your commute to or from work at the moment, have no fear. Um, You can just click into the show notes afterwards. Goodness me, don't have an accident trying to write this down as you're driving. Um, Click into your show notes and um, you'll be able to get straight through uh, to Nigel and the team there. Look, Nigel, I just wanted to say a huge thank you for coming onto the podcast today. Thank you for the invite again, Joe. Well, that's it for this episode of the Deal Room Podcast. We hope you're now primed for your next deal with these pointers and have enjoyed these fascinating insights. Now, if you'd like more information about this topic, then head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com, where you'll be able to download a transcript of this episode, as well as access any contact details and any other additional information we referred to in today's podcast. Now, if you'd like to get in contact with our guests today and the services they offer, you can go ahead and check out our show notes for a link right through to them and their details. You can also book in directly with our legal legals at Aspect Legal. If you'd like to soundboard your next steps, discuss a legal question, or find out more how we can assist, whether that's with buying or selling a business, or perhaps somewhere in between. Now, don't forget to subscribe to The Deal Room Podcast on your favorite podcast player to get notifications whenever a new episode is out. We'd also love to hear your feedback, so please leave us a review and rating if you're already one of our subscribers, or even if you're listening to this podcast for the very first time. Every review helps our team produce valuable content for you. Well, thanks again for listening in. You've been listening to Joanna Oki and the Deal Room Podcast, a podcast proudly brought to you by our commercial legal practice, Aspect Legal. See you next time. I am so very excited to announce that I've hit a non-podcast related milestone and released a book. You might wonder why? Simple. I wanted to help business owners understand the mechanics of deal making and the interaction between three critical phases of business, acquisition, growth, and exit. And so I am very happy to announce Buy, Grow, Exit, a guidebook for business owners and their advisors on how to buy, grow, and guess what, exit in a way that maximizes value and avoids landmines along the way. The book is available now, so just head over to buygrowexit.com.au to get your copy and to access a whole heap of free resources that will really help you on your journey of acquisition, growth, and exit in your business or in working with your clients. Also check out our show notes where we will link straight through to that page. Ladies and gentlemen, that will conclude this evening's entertainment. Thanks for listening to the Deal Room Podcast. To find out more about this episode and other episodes in the series, check out the show notes or head over to our website at thedealroompodcast.com.au. 